We're joined today by Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant. Terry, thanks for the time. Sure. Thanks for having me, Will. We haven't caught up with you in recent days, and so we thought it would be timely to do so. I want to begin with the idea that there may be a upcoming special session to address topics of abortion and guns and also potentially energy, as people have seen some higher uh, electric bills, uh, higher utility bills. So uh, is there going to be a special session, and do I have the likely topics of discussion correct, if there is one? Uh, I think you have the topics that have been, been kind of kicked around, uh, if we have one. Now, uh, originally, uh, the day after the primary, uh, so so June 29th, on June 29th, Governor Pritzker was calling for uh, a potential special session. Uh, we anticipated that to be last week, probably Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday, Thursday of last week. Then they said, no, it's probably going to be this week for the Senate. Then it wasn't. Now we're hearing that it may be September. But to tell you the truth, Will, what I'm hearing behind the scenes is we will not be called into special session until the governor has the votes that he that are needed in order for him to get the legislation passed that he wants. What that looks like, I don't know, because a legislator will have to run that. But uh, clearly, after the Highland Park shooting, he believes that we need some kind of gun legislation. I would just caution everybody to say, uh, especially in this case, that let's do something, even if it's wrong, is absolutely the wrong-headed thing to do. We know for sure now what happened at Highland Park could have been avoided, that the laws laws are in place that could have stopped that from happening. So I would say once again that the governor's administration dropped the ball. Um, although I'm very supportive of state police, it looks like they uh, did not uh, do what was required to get this very dangerous person from being able to possess firearms. And that, again, falls back in the lap of Governor Pritzker. It's his administration, so the buck stops with him. So you're right on the gun gun legislation. Of course, there's some talk that there would be um, some changes to our uh, uh, laws uh, in in response to uh, Roe v. Wade being reversed. Uh, you know, in Illinois, nothing changes. Sadly, nothing changes, uh, and that is because uh, our, we did not have a trigger law. It was repealed a couple of years ago. So still in Illinois, you can get an abortion at any time of pregnancy, including partial birth, for any reason, uh, potentially 100% taxpayer funded, with no, um, uh, no notice at all given to parents. In fact, that is prohibited to notify parents. And, you know, this whole thing about it being taxpayer funded uh, remember that every woman who is pregnant in Illinois uh, automatically is eligible for Medicaid if she uh, uh, does the paperwork for it. There's no income requirement. There is no, uh, no requirement to be a citizen of Illinois or, for that matter, a citizen of the United States. Uh, and then, of course, people have gotten their energy bills now, and many people are seeing that it's doubled and sometimes tripled. We're going to be seeing rolling brownouts. We're already seeing some blackouts in different places. And it's going to be a long, hot summer. 
and maybe a long, cold winter. You know, I have to wonder what could be passed in terms of abortion, because this is already the uh, abortion capital of the world, perhaps, if not mm-hmm. the United States. So what on what kind of legislation could they be even contemplating at this point? Well, the governor indicated that he wanted to basically go along the same The two proposals that he brought forward were proposals that have been made by Planned Parenthood. One is that when women travel here from another state or another country, that their travel expenses would be reimbursed. And secondly, that um, abortions could be performed by other than physicians. So nurse practitioners uh, and physician's assistants. So again, remember, you know, because abortion is not allowed in some other states, we're going to have physicians traveling here from all over the country to do their training to perform abortions right here in Illinois. Something that shames me. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and it's I'm, disgusting. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, exa- you can tell I'm, you don't hear me speechless very often. Uh, we fought very hard to keep that trigger law in place. We fought very hard to um, keep, at least parental notification, which you might remember before parents didn't have to give consent. Uh, they, uh, young, uh, uh, a minor could still get an abortion without a parent's consent, but at least the parents were notified. Now the parents are prohibited from being notified. So we have just gone to such an extreme. So if you, if, if the listeners hear that we've been called back into session, special session, now not veto session, because we already have that scheduled uh, the week before Thanksgiving and the week after Thanksgiving. But if they hear that we have special sessions scheduled, then they should know that the majority party, which happens to be the Democrats, and Governor Pritzker have the votes that they need. Um, and so, you know, we have that going on. And then, uh, of course, um, the November veto session, we have to deal with the Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund. It needed to be funded for $4.5 billion with, uh, just to get, just to break even. And then an additional $1 billion in order to keep us healthy. We funded it at two point, I believe $2.8 billion. So we're still at least $1.7 billion short to just make us flush. And that other billion that we need to make it healthy. So when we hit those speed bumps, which come right at Thanksgiving... If we haven't put the money into that fund that we need to put in there, then at that point, it'll get passed on to small businesses. The money was there. It was there with ARPA and COVID money. But the majority party chose not to make that a part of the budget for the, uh, this past year. $46 billion budget, by the way. Now I'm hearing that because of inflation and everything that's going on around the, you know, around the country, uh, the inflation that we're seeing... We're actually seeing an increase in tax revenue uh, created that extra money, if you want to call it that, is created by the poor management of the Biden and Pritzker administration. Now they're going to be talking about in veto session, how do we spend that money? And, you know, there'll be a lot of pork projects, I'm sure. Every one of us could pick out a pork project that we want. But the one that has to be funded is not a pork project. That is the Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund. So hopefully that will get dealt with. But right now I'm not hearing that that's going to be the case. 
Well, there is a post on Capital Facts today where a legislator has proposed the legislation to do exactly that, and uh, whether or not it'll get any kind of traction uh, is probably doubtful because it's an election year and it's not nearly as um, positive at the polls to get on the stump and talk about the unemployment insurance fund as it is to talk about $100,000 for the local library or whatever. Yeah. You know, well, the other thing is, since we're talking about, you know, um, inflation and fuel costs, energy and so forth, one of the things that uh, was achieved in this last session, um, uh, really not something that Republican side wanted to do. We actually had a proposal that would have saved the consumer a lot more money. But what ended up passing was putting a, um, a delay on the uh, on the motor fuel tax that should have been added July 1. Everybody wants to see some money in their pockets. The Republicans had a proposal to eliminate uh, basically 1% of the sales tax on the motor fuel tax. Because none of the municipalities were anticipating that gas was going to be 5 or $6 a gallon, they didn't you know, put their, and you as a mayor know this, you didn't create your uh, annual budget this next year, assuming that you were going to get those higher revenues from sales tax. Uh, so it would have been easy to, you know, take that one percent away from the sales tax. It would have saved consumers about two hundred million dollars, about sixteen to eighteen cents per gallon at the pump. That isn't what the majority party chose. They chose to delay the two cents that should have been added on in July. So we really didn't see any savings to your pocket right now. It's just delayed till January. But with inflation as it is, remember that that increase is tied to the consumer price index, so CPI. It's anticipated that that CPI is going to go up substantially between now and January. So I never did really get an answer on whether or not that increase that we'll see in January that was supposed to happen this last July will be at the rate that CPI was in July, or will it be the new CPI in January? So folks are going to get hit with an increase on motor fuel tax in January of 2023, and then again in July of 2023, because we delayed it. So delaying it in this case may have actually caught, may actually cost the consumers more than if we would have done what the Republicans wanted to do. So right now, the Pritzker administration and the Biden administration are actually reaping benefits, financial revenue benefits from their poor, poor management of the economy. Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant with us today talking about all things the Illinois General Assembly. I wanted to go back to something that we've talked about in months and years past. Several years ago, there was a announcement that the governor had created a prisoner uh, or rather prison closure review board and since uh-huh. that was announced i've not heard anything else about it but we i saw recently that uh there were some things going on at the vandalia correctional center uh you had hosted a town hall meeting along with some other elected officials uh, tell us what's going on at vandalia and and what it may mean for other facilities if anything yeah so it's vandalia and also pontiac And what is happening right now is an end run to that prison closure law. So, yeah, there is supposed to be a committee that meets. There's supposed to be public hearings before a closure can happen. So rather than closing one facility, 
they are doing partial closures at multiple facilities. And they believe that in doing that, they can, they being the Department of Corrections with uh, Director Jeffries and Governor Pritzker uh, uh, with his, his uh, administration, they think they can do an end run on this. We won't close a facility and then that way we don't have to have these hearings. They're just going to close portions of it. So at Pontiac and at, Van, and at Vandalia, they've closed uh, cell houses and they claim that there's no layoffs because... Uh, they're just moving the staff over to other areas uh, where they, you know, uh, to where they're kind of moving the inmates over to another area. But, you know, Will, I think when you and I have talked about this in the past, just remember when I was elected in 2014, there was there were shouts all over from uh, the um, inmate um, advocacy groups talking about the fact that the prisons were at 133 percent capacity. We have now seen a release of over 17,000 inmates. So we're at a place now where we're at about, right at about 100% capacity, maybe just a little bit more than that. If we still used the same numbers that there, you know, for, for bed space that we saw in 2014. But if you're closing cell houses, you are eliminating bed space. So as you put those inmates into other cell houses, you're actually allowing for overcrowding to continue to go on. You're just moving it over to another cell house. So in essence, you're going to hear the governor's administration talk about how they have relieved overcrowding by releasing 17,000 criminals back onto the streets. But at the same time, they're closing uh, wings and cell houses in different institutions. So the overcrowding is still there. It's just been... You know, it's like the, you know, the chairs on the on the deck of a ship are just being rearranged. That's really what hap- is happening. The, the ship's still sinking, but the deck chairs are being rearranged. So uh, I think this is an end run to make sure that they don't have to have that very committee that you're talking about. But as far as other facilities, Pinckneyville, uh, Murfreesboro, um, Vienna, etc., uh, nothing that you know of going on there. Uh, I can't say that that's not the case because let's let's just think about Ducoin for a minute. Ducoin and uh, the boot camp in um, Dixon Springs were illegally closed. So I believe that the you know every week when I ask the director about this, he says, "Oh no, they're not closed. We just moved the inmates out of there because of COVID, and we moved the staff out of there because of COVID." And we have every intention of that reopening. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call BS. Okay. I was going to say something else, but I don't want to, uh, I do want to, but I'm not going to Understood. I'm gonna call BS on this. All right. Because we've been three years now with no inmates and no staff at DuCoin or Dixon Springs, the inmates from DuCoin, the boot camp inmates, the uh, impact incarceration inmates have been moved to Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro is a redirection facility. So there's two wings there. You're not supposed to have the boot camp inmates uh, come in contact with other inmates, but you have both the redirection inmates there and you have the boot camp inmates there. And trying to do both programs, which are very, very different from each other, out of the same facility. So again, you're, you have two different programs, but they're housed at the same facility so neither of those facilities are really accomplishing what they're supposed to be accomplishing. 
So again, you're going to hear the administration toot their horn about what they have accomplished while the facilities are not really doing what they're supposed to be doing. So um, I, you know, I've, I've talked about this and talked about this and talked about this on TV, on radio, at town halls, and it doesn't seem to be getting any traction. I don't think it will get any traction probably, unfortunately, until someone's loved one is hurt or killed because the wrong inmates are in the wrong facilities. And then on top of that, we have criminals out walking on the street. So you want to know what's going on in Chicago? I'm going to say the same thing I always say when I'm on this program. What's going on in Chicago is we released 17,000 people who should still be locked up. They may not all be in Chicago, but but the majority of them are there. So you have uh, shootings going on. There's a there's problems in uh, in 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 gangs right now because there was a there's a vacuum of leadership that had leadership that was locked up that are now out on the streets. So the gangs that are on the streets don't they're, they're still trying to figure out who's in charge and everybody has to flex in order to make that happen. It's just a, it's a cluster. And it's a cluster because this administration can't seem to manage the Department of Corrections Act correctly. And we have the same problem in in, in mental health. So whether it's Choate, Chester, Murray Center, uh, Elgin, you name it, every single one of them have problems because of mismanagement. Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant with us today. Terry, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, Anything else you want to mention before we let you go? Um, I just want to remind folks that they probably, um, maybe sometime between now and October, we'll start to see some rebate checks uh, from the state of Illinois. It's a little bit laughable that it's only $50 per person, but I'm glad that it's going into the pockets of the Illinois taxpayers, so I don't laugh at that at all. I think it should have been much larger, but it should go to, if you filed income taxes last year, it'll be $50. Uh, If you filed individually, it'll be $100 if you filed jointly, and then it's $100 per child, and I believe the maximum amount for that is $300. You'll also, uh, when you file your taxes this this next year, there will be a, like a rebate uh, credit sort of on your property taxes. And I believe that is 5% of what your property taxes were. So if you take that credit on your income tax, you'll be able to take uh, five, 5% more on this next year's. And that's uh, for, I believe, uh, if your property is worth 250000 or less, if you filed individually, 500,000 if you filed jointly. So um, it's a small attempt to give back to the taxpayers. I wish it were more. Well, it's an election year uh, handout. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah. So it was a part of this year's budget. Uh, I voted no on the budget. So obviously I voted no on that as well. Uh, not because I didn't want folks to have money in their pocket, but because the proposal from the Republicans was much larger. And uh, this is a pittance, but I won't say that it's not better to be in the taxpayers' pockets than in the government's pockets. So I'm glad that we're at least giving something back to the taxpayers. Terry Bryant, State Senator, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Will.